1: Well, hello, my name is Eric Step. And I'm Scott Ravely. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back, Scott. How
0: are you? I'm good. You know what, Eric? No one ever welcomes you. Oh. Wel- welcome this, thank this you. afternoon, Eric. Thank you. I feel welcome. Really man. glad you're here. I'm glad you're here as well, because
1: a solo oh. podcast wouldn't be great. <laughs> well, it might be great, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, what's going on? You... you You showed me a little video and said, hey, I think I have an an idea about a podcast. What is a podcast episode? What is going on?
0: That's a great question. No, someone sent me a YouTube link to an author who was trying to sell a book by convincing me that the church is in grave danger. And he said in no uncertain terms that I, as a church leader, need to start speaking out about how awful CRT is, about the unchristian uh how unchristian the cancel culture is and how bad it is to be woke and all of these things and the thing that struck me about it was i mean because somebody sent to me i wanted to respond to the person who sent it to me Mm. okay and so i was in my mind crafting like that's not right and that's not right and he's messed up here and here's a problem with this assumption that this guy making i mean all this list of things in my in my brain and then i'm realizing that what happened on the video was he said if you're not doing this essentially to the degree that he wants you to mm-hmm. you're a coward and you're unfaithful and you are uh, you know setting the church up for ruin and on and on and i realized you know what if i reply if i argue then i am uh, admitting To him that i'm a coward that i'm setting the church up for ruin and that i'm unfaithful and it's like he was so certain that he was right even though he wasn't right Mm. that i just realized this happens all the time this happens everywhere in fact one of the things that is so frustrating is to try and have a conversation with someone about political things and even about the intersection of po- politics and faith, and to have them assert something that it you know with such certainty that may or may not be the whole story mm-hmm. that you can't you can't talk about it. Sure, and they, I mean, it shuts off the conversation, and it makes it so that you really can't pursue what is true. You have to just uh, acquiesce to the person's certain. Uh, point of view and Mm -hmm. and i I mean if if this was the only time that it happened to me i might have just blown it off or responded to the person who sent it to me or something but this um this is the way that it goes down every single time is that i want to have a conversation with somebody and they like are so set and so certain in what they're doing that there's no conversation to be had Right. It's a done deal already. And not usually it's not only a done deal. If I offer any kind of alternative, not opposing, just alternative way of looking at things, mm-hmm. then uh, it, there's some level of, you know, intolerance or some level of you're you know, you're sort of a knucklehead for not completely agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, I just thought it would be worth us talking about the, um, i essentially our desire, I'll I'll lump myself in there too, our desire for certainty. What is it about people who speak um, as though they're certain that has a persuasive element to it? What is it? Why do people even listen to those kind of people? Mm. I mean, that's what I ask in this video. It's like, why are, really, are people really listening to this?
1: And the answer is yes.
0: And the answer is yes. And I was trying to think why what is it because it wasn't the clarity certainly wasn't the clarity of his arguments nor was it the truthfulness of his arguments he was neither clear nor true yet um he's got more listeners you know in one episode than we have in our whole thing you know i mean it's just like really hey leave me out of this (laughs) yeah okay you're out Uh, but um then we'll cut our listeners in half i'll only take my (laughs) my set of (laughs) listeners and he's got way more than me then yeah but if you want to contribute your listeners that's fine too he still is way ahead and why because he speaks with a level of certainty with a lack of nuance and with uh you know essentially a posturing in such a way that makes the um, anybody who questions the certainty of his Mm. claims uh, to be foolish or cowardice or whatever so
1: Right. And, w- and we've all been in these types of situations like you can picture either uncle Jim at Thanksgiving, you're sitting next to him and you start a conversation and realize, uh Oh, this started and I, I, there's nothing I can do here. It's not going to be, I can't ask a question to maybe try to go somewhere else with it or, or, um, ask for clarification or maybe let's see if we can steer that. That's, that's one way. And I've been in many a room and many a conversation realized, Oh, this isn't going to get anywhere helpful. Um, but this is more about uh, not just the people who may lack maturity to have a, a dialogue about something. This is about leaders. And we're talking about st- the certainty politicians or commentators or writers or I'll throw fundraisers in there um, that they have, they use certainty to compel you to do things. And why is it we feel compelled? <laughs> why is it we that's a feeling? That? Yeah.
0: Well, before you even answer that question, I think that's a great question. I would also say though, your, (laughs) your uncle Jim at Thanksgiving, I mean, I don't know if every listener has the mental picture of uncle Jim at Thanksgiving, but that is, that is right there for me. And the fact that, that the person at Thanksgiving dinner is so certain Mm -hmm. is a result of them listening to people who are so certain without being thoughtful or critical or questioning about, you know, what's being said or the un- the underlying assumptions about what's being said. In other words, the analysis of what they have heard hasn't really transpired. So, uh, they just sort of, uh, you know, regurgitate, regurgitate yeah. what is there. I didn't, it's Thanksgiving dinner. I wouldn't do any regurgitation, <laughs> but I, we did. So, um, Anyway, I I think that, uh, like you were saying, the the leaders, writers, speakers, politicians who speak that way uh, really uh, set the table for the, you know, the private citizens or the amateurs among us to have the, to talk about things in the same way because we haven't really thought beyond what we've heard stated certainly. Mm. So
1: and I think there's also, and we, we can get to some examples uh, to kind of line this out, but I think there's, there's almost a rule in play as well. Um, the proclivity I have to speak assertively about something increases with my lack of knowledge about it. Um, I've just seen that to be true. If I don't know much about something and I'm just just regurgitating something, I don't know much about anything at all. I'm just repeating what someone else said and I can be really adamant about it. But if you become more of an expert on something, you end up talking in a more nuanced way and you end up, I feel like, a little bit more humble about it. Like, well, it could be this, it could be this because I know I have this depth of knowledge about something. Mm -hmm. So I almost feel like uh, unreasonable certainty may be an indication of... Lack of maturity or understanding, and that's almost a almost a flag. If someone is talking to you with a huge level of certainty, it should be a uh, I don't know.
0: Well, that is. I mean, that is one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up for our conversation today, is because I want uh, people to listen for this. I would. Mm-hmm. I do want yeah. people to listen for that level of certainty because, um, you know, you'll be able to 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 uh, think about it and ask questions and say. Is it really as simple as it's being made? Mm. Is it really as one-sided as it's being presented? And um, and listen, you know, listening for terms that sound certain, like you know, in this video, somebody said, "Well, just a shallow reading of that, blah 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 blah," mm-hmm. and just completely dismissed anything that wasn't his point. You know, right. and the dismissiveness of an opponent. Uh, not not the thoughtful engagement of a good solid argument right but the dismissiveness of somebody who does not agree is one indication that somebody is playing the certainty card in place of truth mm-hmm. and that they're acting as though they're more certain than they have a right to be and there is a sense in which that certainty stands in as a proxy for truth in other words that people will and this is what you were essentially saying, they will uh, speak with certainty about things for which there is no certainty. Mm. And that is uh, uh, that's been just one of the things that I've enjoyed actually, that's kind of kept me coming back week after week uh, to this podcast is that there's usually something that I thought was true and what and beyond question that now I see, maybe another side to, or maybe an additional piece of information that says, that was, I thought that was a good idea. I'm not so sure now. Mm. And that I think is what I hope listeners will do when they watch TV. I mean, we're, it it really this week, I mean, maybe this video or something else that just woke me up to realize we're only 18 months from another presidential election. In other words, we're going to run through this all again and people are going to be listening to speeches all again. And right. what are we going to do? And I just want people to listen for uh, certainty that stands in for truth. Mm-hmm. And those two are not the same thing.
1: Well, and just as a uh, incentive, we live in a republic. And I think that's a bit of grace there. But because we live in a republic, we have recurring electoral cycles all the time. And so it would behoove you, Christian, to... Uh, Practice listening well and hearing those type of arguments or, or fallacious arguments that are said loudly does not make them any more true. So be prepared for that and go. Hey, another, another cycle is coming up um, on the political political realm, but it's everywhere. It's it's mm-hmm. marketing. It's it's the Super Bowl commercials. It's um, it's the things you read. All of it.
0: Has a desire to be louder, so then you go oh it 's pretty loud I, it must be right must be right, yeah, it must be true so what are some things that uh, that you 've read recently then that 's um, oh,
1: so we were talking about this yesterday, and i we need examples and I, I, I think I just said well we 'll just open the paper tomorrow and i 'm sure there 'll be something in there <laughs> so we we both were going to put the same example down that we read last night or yesterday or this morning, um, and one of them is from or the one was from uh, something tr- uh, Trump said in at a rally recently. He said, standing before you today, I'm the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent World War III because I really believe you're going to have World War III. Wow. I, That's that is certain.
0: Two, two certain things. One, you're going to have it. Two, I will prevent it. Or, or technically,
1: he said, I'm, I'm the only one who can make this promise. So... I, there's a, third also, one. there's a third one there um so v- very certain and there's also some fear mongering going on there for sure i can i can scare you no one likes world war three um but i'm the one that can prevent it i'm certain that's right follow me kind of thing
0: and and that's a good illustration of, of certainty standing in for truth there's no way that those statements are true right um he you know if, if if it's true, you're going to have World War III. Number one, he can't prevent it. Number two, he's not the only person who can... I mean, right, it's just like... Right. It's, it's self-refuted
1: in that little paragraph. Anyway. Another one he said a couple days ago, um, he basically said, I'm going to be indicted on Tuesday or arrested on Tuesday, and we're recording this on Thursday, and he has not been arrested. So I'm just pointing out. He was he was very certain about that, oh. but it did not happen. <laughs> Another one I read... Um, Opened up the paper today, and this was the headline uh, in one of the opinion pieces: "Life certainties, death, taxes, and bailouts." And the last paragraph says, <laughs> "of that Of that article says that means that it it isn't only death, taxes, and bailouts that are in- inevitable. The next final cri- financial crisis is too, just very, very certain. Mm-hmm. The, the next financial crisis is inevitable, um, as are bailouts. So." Uh, bunch of bunch of certainty in the in the news the last couple of days
0: that and, is that indeed. is funny, isn't it that oh, yeah. um, it used to be death and taxes were all that was inevitable, but now bailouts are and, and financial then, crises. and <laughs> financial crises so uh, go figure <clears throat> hmm. well there's um you know one one of the things this prompted me to do, I will say, is it prompted me to say. What is it about certainty that people like? What, I mean, what is it that makes us gravitate toward uh, people who state things in a certain way? And uh, so I uh, did a little research. That's yes. generous to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's laughing because we're, um, we're learning how to use ChatGPT around here. And I asked ChatGPT, I said, give me a summary of the academic literature on why the brain loves certainty and include citations. And so it includes citations, which I won't bore you with. And, uh, but it said, number one reason, people love certainty and the brain loves certainty is uncertainty increases stress and anxiety. And so you wanna be certain, so you have less stress and less anxiety. Number two, certainty reduces cognitive load. In other words, it's much easier to be certain than it is to uh, to weigh two things at the same time that might be contrary, that takes a lot more energy. It's true. (laughs) Yes, it Isn't it? (laughs) Um, And that's what, that's why we're doing this podcast. So you will put forth the effort to think about things from multiple vantage points. Number three, certainty leads to more positive emotions. In other words, you're going to be happier or less uh, stressed if you are certain. And that comes across when somebody's speaking, In a certain tone they sound more confident they sound more energetic they sound you know more optimistic maybe Mm -hmm. um and so
1: you've heard the advice say it like
0: you mean it or say it like you believe it or something like that yeah other things (laughs) fake it till you make it that kind of thing but oh yeah yeah but that's what the advice is is it will the doing of it or the saying of it will engender the Mm -hmm. the feeling and response and then um this one i think is quite funny the the fourth reason the academic liter- literature says that the brain loves certainty is that uncertainty impairs decision-making. In other words, it's hard to make decisions when you are weighing incomplete or incorrect information that may or may not uh, confirm your initial thought. And so it's hard to decide when things are, you know, um, a little less clear. Even though the real world is less clear, we want to pretend it's not so that we can make a quick decision. So mm-hmm. anyway, I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty interesting that, yeah, we are wired, you know, even in our brains, you might say, to want um, certainty. So we respond to it when we hear it from a political uh, platform sure. or whatever. So there well, you go. Well, and
1: I can confirm that. I, I love the feeling of having made a decision. It's because it, you bring in certainty and you're good. Um, in fact, one of the things I really don't like is when maybe, hey, you want to watch a movie? Okay, we'll watch a movie. And I, I want to get to figuring out what movie we're going to watch as soon as possible. And so that decision is made. Now we're certain this is the thing we're going to do. And then we'll, maybe we'll or, – or going out to lunch or something, hey, where are we going to go? It's just that classic back and forth. What I hate is when, okay, we're going to do this. And then the question gets re-brought back up. No, can we relitigate this? Can we re-be uncertain about this? And it's just angst-inducing. And I'd much rather be certain than not. And you can feel that dis- when that decision's made, oh, okay, There's. W- I know what's going on here. We can move to the next action and just keep going.
0: Much better for you to be talking about this than me, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that I got nothing going for me except I'm older and wiser, and I know not to bring that up.
1: <laughs> just in general just, t- just, ju- just, just general.
0: just hypothetically speaking, we knew somebody who might have – Done something like that? Is that what you're getting at?
1: Uh, whatever. What, <laughs>
0: keep going. You're totally <laughs> in trouble. That's going to get edited out, I'm sure. <laughs> oh dear. <clears throat> well, what what happens when, um, when politics intersects this uh, desire for certainty, according to the literature?
1: Mm. Yeah, the literature talks about. Um, Well, well, it's going to drive us towards particular things. Mm -hmm. It drives towards confirmation bias. What Uh, is,
0: what is confirmation bias? Just um, so I can be confirmed in it. (laughs)
1: Make sure I I think the same thing. Uh, Confirmation bias is you're, you you believe something about something and you're reading um, something that agrees with you and you're, you're preset to want to confirm what you already believe. Mm -hmm. So oh, yep, I agree with this because it agrees with me basically. And I just keep moving on. I don't, there's no uh, critical thinking there. It's just my team, not my team. Okay, we'll just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's certainty that that's going to drive, that's going to encourage confirmation bias, not critical thinking, because critical thinking requires holding things and evaluating them and not being certain about the answer until you've done good evaluation and good mm-hmm. um, good working through the problem. Uh, one, one of the other things that can do um, is – emphasize, I think, kind of the us versus them mentality, um, which is group identity stuff. If, mm-hmm. if there's conviction, if there's not just conviction, but that certainty we're talking about, uh, it's really easy to just paint us versus them. Evil, good, we're, we're going to split up these groups, and it's going to be like this, and we're, we're on the us side, and they're on the them side. We're on the good side, they're on the evil side. Uh, that, that just lends itself towards that type of thinking, that type of identification. And then also, moral conviction. Um, we're, we're talking about certainty as a proxy for truth. Um, often, truth is it lends itself towards morality as well. And man, that, that person is certain. They they must they must be moral as well if they're because they're, they're true because they're right. So there's, um, and I and I would say certainty does not mean someone is right. Um, but that's that's a potential reaction that you will have, uh, listening to certainty.
0: Mm. Yeah, there are probably other things that it does that, uh, has that effect on you for, you know, in other ways, I suppose certainty Mm -hmm. does, but the reality is my hope is that people will listen more carefully and even listen for certainty and see, ask the question then, is that certainty justified? Mm. That's really ultimately the the question that I want people to come away with sure is that is the certainty that I'm listening to justified and you know in the case of this video that I started with is definitely not justified in my estimation mm-hmm. and um, if we can if we do anything with this podcast and, and people just stop take a breath and listen is it is a certainty justified that will be an accomplishment that I would be very happy mm-hmm. for this episode to to do here
1: mm-hmm and I, I, one of the things when I hear either that video or just when I'm reading or listening or watching, um, a lot of times when someone's being super certain, but also their arguments are kind of, kind of flim. If I'm doing some kind of re- not just reading between the lines, but critical reading and trying to understand the argument, like that is a pretty flimsy argument. Why, why is he so confident? My mind always goes goes to I'm being sold. I am. This is getting spun on me. Um, I'm in sales, so I I do the I don't I don't do this, but Whoa. I I interact in this world often, and you have to come up with different questions. Like, hey, if if this doesn't go the way you think it goes, what what would be what would be some of the results? Like, try to try to piece it apart and go. Um, if everything isn't exactly as you say it is, what mm-hmm. what would what would happen? Uh, because people want you, they they want to sell you. That guy wants to sell a book. Mm -hmm. He wants to sell a book. He wants to get on another, on another show, on another podcast, um, and get in front of more people. He's, he's trying to do something. And if, if you're not paying for the content, you're probably the person that's um, being sold. So that's a, that's one of the frameworks I use is, is this person trying to sell something to me or get me to buy something? That's probably a better, better way to say that. Um, And what are they trying to get from me? And just I find myself being a little bit more critical um, of everything I allow to be in to allow myself to intake. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it means does does this um, does this argument make me uncomfortable? Do I have to like sit here and try to like oh this? It's not just confirming my bias. It's not just confirming what I believe. So it's easy to just take in. Um, Sometimes it's good to just kind of sit in things that you don't automatically agree with and have to work through the arguments and maybe you still end up disagreeing at the, at the end, but that's a really good exercise is I'm going to read this article. Probably don't agree with it. Um, but I'm going to wrestle with this, with this person. So I'm good at wrestling. Uh, that that's a helpful, uh, helpful skill to have because otherwise if we're using that analogy, you're just weak <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and someone's going to come up to you and put you in an arm bar and throw you on the ground and you won't even know, Man, they're so certain. I just I couldn't even hold up <laughs> hold up to their arguments. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd recommend sitting in some things that um, maybe are uncomfortable or difficult or uh, you just don't automatically agree with. So that you you get some practice dealing with um, argumentation that is not just oh yeah I love this it's great.
0: Well I, I, I like the i like your encouragement to listen to things you don't agree with and to practice this skill. I think one of the other things that you just mentioned was, um, listen for, uh, listen for sort of key ideas and ask if they're true. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this video said, if you just, if, if a a church leader is not doing this, this, what this person was saying, they're a coward. Okay. And so pause, Mm pause, pause.
1: And you can literally (laughs) pause. You
0: can, if you're watching (laughs) video. Yes. Is that really, is that really true? Is there is there no case in which somebody could not be a coward, and um, not agree with this person? Okay, then that statement is certain but untrue. Mm-hmm. See, so I right. think pausing right. and asking that question, or um, another another thing they said was the shallow reading of da 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 would uh, indicate this. Okay, which is opposite of what the speaker wanted. Right? right. He's, he's real certain and therefore dismissed any alternate reading as shallow. Well, hang on just a minute. Okay. You could read it in a non shallow way and still disagree with this, with the speaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. In other words, what he's saying certainly is untrue. So we, it's just that hit pause and ask yourself the question is what he's saying always the case. Is it as certain as he says it is. And for my, from, uh my experience in this with this video it was like no and no no and no no mm-hmm. no please stop
1: well and if you get enough no's probably not as many as you just said but if you get enough no's then you've disqualified the person you're listening to ah i don't have to listen to you anymore because i've said no to this question too many times and and now you're no longer a trustworthy source and if you can confirm that uh, which again takes some time, takes some critical listening, critical reading, critical viewing. Um, then you can dwell on what's good and beautiful and true, rather mm-hmm. than something that's not.
0: And you don't spend as much time with that person. I, I do think that there's a sense in which people who are untrustworthy could say a true thing, sure, or could say something that might even be helpful for me, sure. So it's not that I, you know, I dismiss them and don't listen to them anymore, or I, I, somebody says yes, 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 and then I accept everything they say. I still think about this the same yeah. way all the time. right? And you're, I mean, you're, you're right. It's, it becomes obvious what better sources are than others, right. but you're still doing this kind of process of pausing, asking, is this true? Is this not true the whole way along? Now I was trying to think, why did this bother me so much? Was it just because I have a podcast about church and politics that this fired me up? And it isn't. Okay. <laughs> I, it is, but it isn't. Okay. Uh, because there's, there are several places in the scripture that talk about this very thing and frame it in spiritual language. Because I, I, I want you to realize what is at stake when you do this. And this is, this is some of the stress for me. Uh, let me just start with Colossians chapter 2, verse eight. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Right? No, no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, right? Rhetoric is a philosophical um, device a device or sub uh, category or something. I mean, mm-hmm. rhetoric is philosophical. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Don't let somebody take you captive by that or empty deceit or use that rhetoric to deceive you. Mm-hmm. That's what was happening in the video that I was talking about. Right. And Colossians two eight says, don't let that happen according to human tradition, okay this is going to be best for uh, us, for our nation, whatever. But then he goes on to say, according to the elemental spirits of the world. And I just have to say that it all of a sudden it becomes a spiritual issue whether you can seriously think about these arguments or not, whether you can see through the rhetoric or not. And then he, then he puts a clincher in, and not according to Christ. Mm. Um, this, uh, I I shouldn't just continue to parse this video without telling you what it is. I don't want you to watch it, though. But it was, um, it talked about evangelism. Pe- in, in his view of evangelism was tell people partisan uh, things, and they will flock to your church. You want to do evangelism? People are hungry for that. Yes, they are, and it isn't the gospel of Christ. It is not according to Christ.
1: That's elemental spirits, for sure.
0: It was really that, and that's what got me fired up about this. I mean, Second Corinthians 10, 4, and 5 says the same kind of thing. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments, which is rhetoric, and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. There is this obligation that Christians have to be thoughtful and to guard their thoughts and to be careful as they listen to rhetoric to ask the question, is it true or is it not true? Is that the complete picture or is this person appearing more certain than the case warrants? Mm. And that that too is spiritual. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power and so he's really talking about spiritual warfare with this rhetoric, and then if that isn't um, what do I want to say, spiritual enough? In First John chapter four verse one, it says, "Beloved, do not believe every spirit, mm. but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world, mm. and preaching another king besides Jesus, mm-hmm. is a false prophet. So, right. anyway, you've got." At least those three that say, for you, if you are a Christian, your ability to think about and discern the the certainty with which you hear um, politicians and others talk about things, you must spiritually discern those things and see if they're true or not. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And as you were saying that, it just reminded me of um, Mark twelve thirty. What. What's the first and greatest commandment? We're supposed to love the Lord our God with our, all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, mm. which is also part of this. We don't, we don't turn off our minds and just be uh, moved by our emotions to somewhere else or listen to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not just a warfare thing. It's, it's a way we love God is with our it, mind.
0: Yeah, good. That's a good so, thing, Dad. Thank you.
1: Anything else we want to add on this? Are, oh, you, I, are you certain we're good? I have probably been <laughs> just a little
0: too fired up about it, so I probably ought to just give myself a timeout and uh, see if I can do better next time. But
1: sounds good. And, and I, yeah, we do encourage you all to maybe do some practice. The next thing you watch, the next thing you read, um, maybe hit pause a couple times and evaluate some things and see is there some is there some un um, unnecessary certainty in the way mm-hmm. things are being argued, and then evaluate it accordingly. So. And if you find something interesting, send us an email at city or at comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. We'd love to hear what you find out. And, and or you if you've got
0: another video like this, then it's straight to because I don't need another one
1: Still, send it to the email. That'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, until, then, until next time, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us. That's always helpful. Um, review is also helpful. Uh, give this to other people. Share it with a friend. And if you do have questions, send them to comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. And we look forward to the next conversation.